Welcome to Pedagog, a podcast about teachers talking writing. I'm your host, Shane Wood. Pedagog launched in 2019 with the goal of amplifying perspectives and experiences on teaching writing across institutions. For the most part, I feel like the podcast has promoted a wide range of perspectives across post-secondary education context. Starting out, my hope was for Pedagog to be a platform that fills gaps in more traditional alphabetic scholarship, which often privileges teachers situated in more research-intensive universities that have space and time to publish. I wanted the podcast to be a space that embraces and showcases experiences and knowledges from all types of classrooms for us to consider and think about what teaching writing looks like, what it means to teach writing in different contexts, from two-year colleges to historically black colleges and universities to Hispanic-serving institutions to private colleges to small liberal arts colleges to large and small public universities. Through all these episodes, there's still something missing. The voices and perspectives of teachers at tribal colleges and universities. I taught basic writing and first-year composition at a tribal college as an adjunct for almost two years, and those students and classrooms impacted my perception and understanding of teaching more than any other context. There are currently 32 fully accredited tribal colleges and universities in the United States serving approximately 30,000 full-time and part-time students according to the U.S. Department of Education. This is the sixth episode in a 10-week series that highlights tribal colleges and universities. In this episode, Anita Roestinger talks about teaching at Navajo Technical University, how her own experiences as a student at a tribal college informs her approach to teaching, taking a Diné philosophy to assessment, and what she wished people knew about tribal colleges and universities. It's part of the K, which, you know, is the the family-oriented philosophy that's part of our core values. And once the students find out that I'm a Cherokee, they say, what are you doing way out here? And it's like, then I tell them my Grapes of Wrath story, the indigenous version. Elizabeth Anita Roestinger, is a citizen of the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma and a descendant of the United Kitawa Band of Cherokee Indians in Oklahoma. She is an associate professor of English in the Arts and Humanities Department at Navajo Technical University. She graduated from the Institute of American Indian Arts, Santa Fe, New Mexico, in May 2016 with a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Nonfiction Writing. She resides in Crown Point, New Mexico, with her two dogs, Thora and Pony. Anita. Thanks so much for joining us. You teach at Navajo Technical University. Can you talk more about your institutional context? Most of our students here are Diné, which is uh, the Navajo people, this word for themselves. And most of them are from the reservation. However, we have pretty much people from all over the world that are here either as students or faculty and staff. An interesting makeup to have so many different races here. And well, we have, you know, all races represented here that I can tell. And let's see, we have a total of five instructional sites. There are, there's Chinle, Arizona. There is um, 
T-Snow's Post, Arizona. There's uh, Bond Wilson up in um, Fruitland, New Mexico. And there's Crown Point. And then we we uh, work with the Zuni people out at Zuni Pueblo. First year writing classes, I just went by our current schedule and it looks like there's three of them on there. And we have like five teachers that are teaching um, the writing classes. Anita, what guides your approach to teaching writing? What are some values or ideas you want students to take from your classes? Reading and writing were like childhood friends who are always with me as I was growing up in Northeastern Oklahoma. And telling stories in the classroom always gets the creative energy flowing and letting students know I used to be a TCU student too. And I know what it's like to cram for tests and write papers. And they tend to open up and do the best they can after we share our struggles of uh, stories, our stories of struggles and triumph. And, um, the one thing that guides me is that I try to teach my students that learning isn't is not stagnant. It's a fluid entity and it never ceases and more will always be revealed. That's pretty much guides me in my personal life and in my professional life. And it's a it's been a pretty good uh, guide so far. I've been doing the, the teaching since 1999 as uh, started off as a teaching assistant at Northern Arizona University and then worked as a uh, ninth and 10th grade English teacher at uh, Gray Hills Academy in Tuba City, Arizona, which was mostly, it was also on the Navajo reservation and uh, worked as a, a writing tutor for uh, uh, adult education and Flagstaff and so I've just been doing this one form or another of, of helping students write and revise and write some more. How has your own experiences as a student at a TCU informed your teaching? I think it's unique that I have a unique insight, you know, because I'm also, uh, I'm a graduate of IIA in Santa Fe. And so I went, I went there as a TCU faculty member on a, a Mellon Master's Fellowship back in 20, I started in the summer of 2014 and got out in 2016. And I have a, it's, it's all an inside job. It feels like I, I, I just have that insight. And plus, you know, I, my son, he's uh, a citizen of the Navajo Nation too. It's part of the K, which, you know, is the, the family oriented philosophy. That's part of our core values. And once the students find out that I'm a Cherokee, they say, what are you doing way out here? And it's like, I, I, then I tell them my Grapes of Wrath story, the indigenous version. 
So it, it it's very unique. And I think that, um, you know, I was paid a really high compliment by one of my uh, Navajo co-workers. And I didn't realize that, you know, that she thought of me in that way as being that unique person with a, a lot to offer the student. Anita, what text and writing assignments do you use and how do students respond to those? Let's see. This semester I have um, three sections of humanities, which is called uh, the History of American Indians and Media. And we're using uh, Tommy Orange's book, There, There. And we're also using Ramona Emerson's book, Shudder. And then also I have a, a a classroom classroom library that the students can check books out as well. And for my uh, creative nonfiction classes, I'm using um, Anne Lamont's book, Bird by Bird, Instructions on Writing and Life. And it's hard to read the how students are responding to it other than, oh, I got to read this book. Oh, I gotta write. Uh, I gotta write a, a tribal college journal uh, style media review for this book. So, so we bring in the tribal college journal too as part of our uh, readings because every every fall volume has um, the winners from the uh, tribal college. Uh, tribal College Journal writing contest, and there there are Navajo nations uh, or Navajo technical students in in that edition too, as well as on the website for the honorable mentions. So, as as far as um, you know, the family oriented is that out here they introduce themselves by their clans and often I hear after someone introduces themselves, I've overheard other people say, Oh, he's my father, you know, clan father or that she's my grandma. She, she's my sister. She's my, you know, brother. So it, and the clan system is, very uh, extended to where everyone is a family member. And that tends to uh, boil over into the classroom too, because uh, when we do introductions, people introduce themselves by their clans out here too. There's earthlings from every continent that have come together here. And uh, as far as the Diné philosophy of education, you know, we, 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 uh, we plan, we think it, plan it, uh, we do the, you know, the, um, we implement it and then we reflect on it. So there, there's the, that's, it's a sound simple, but it's not easy. It's something that, that's been with the Diné Nation since time began for them and we implement it into our uh, writing structures 
are uh, the way that we uh, assess student learning, like a, a boat, you know, the, the rudder, the thing that guides us. What does it look like to take a Diné philosophy of education to assessment? Well, like uh, one of the the one of the goals for this semester, fall semester twenty twenty three, is to um, effectively communicate in a changing environment. So we are. We have these goals that we pull, you know, that with the help of, um, you know, like the general education people, the uh, student learning outcome committee, and it really is a, it has to be teamwork. It really has to be teamwork and to get the, the assessment on track, and what we do, we come, we come back two weeks before the students do, and we all meet and we get together and we we discuss um, these new goals for each semester, and uh, we have people that basically have reworked the uh, student learning outcomes more closely related to the Diné philosophy of education. And what's what, what's interesting is that no matter where um, where you're from, if you're from, you know, California and you're Bilagana, or if you're from, you know, Niger and you're African-American or you're Cherokee from Oklahoma, we all come together and rally around that, the philosophy of our institution, which is based on those uh, principles, Diné principles. What are some challenges to teaching writing at Navajo Technical University? I'm kind of freaked out about artificial intelligence and wondering how am I going to spot that? Do we have... Because we, we didn't, we, as, as well, our institution didn't even have the, the, um, the software, like, that could spot plagiarism, <laughs> you know, like, t I think it was called Turnitin, or, but, Somehow, I just have a you know just from reading everybody's writing, and then something then something comes in from a student. And it's like this does not sound like you. What's happening here? I don't immediately jump to conclusions, but my way to you know to do to do it before artificial intelligence was to you know copy the uh, a piece of the writing and stick it in Google and see what comes up. And it's like, oh man, this is this is this is not the writing, or yeah, this is them. Nothing's popping up. Nothing's you know, and and then also another challenge. I guess I'm. Uh, it's kind of the technological challenges for me because I've set up an my 
humanities class as an online class that's asynchronous and we're using blackboard ultra and um so that's that 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 kind of was a challenge because i'd just been putting it off and just doing my face-to-face -face classes and not doing, you know, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But then I had a, a student from Zuni that requested it. So just one student got me really motivated. And then I, I, I like it. I'm thinking, I'm going to put all of these on there. But I haven't done that yet. So I still have, I have four face-to-face -face classes and, and one online class. Another challenge would be uh, getting my students to revise their work. That's been a challenge over the semester. They just want to keep turning in the same things again. And that's, uh, so it, it's a challenge and, and uh, different, uh, different ways, maybe make it more enticing or more fun or so. I'm still working with that, coming out with uh, ways to to uh, put the ball in their court and for revision. And then also the students and and our our faculty are challenged by, by housing. Uh, the housing on campus, we do have a men and women's dorm and and uh, some family units. And we have childcare here. There's two, actually, a childcare that's run by the school and then a childcare that's run by the nation, and they're both located on campus. People that don't have housing have to drive for miles and miles to get here because Crown Point is situated uh, about 55, 56 miles to Gallup one way and then to another town called Grants, about the same distance one way. So you're looking at 100 miles a day if you live in Gallup to come to classes here. And then also... Uh, If you live up north in the town of Farmington and you want to come to school here and there's no room in the dorm or you can't afford it, uh, there ha the school does have a van service. And at one time, the Navajo Nation did have bus service that would come here. So those are the challenges for the students. And and um, also, we we in our department, we started buying... Um, uh, nutritious snacks to hand out in class so they're not hungry. Anita, what do you enjoy the most about teaching writing at Navajo Technical University? Helping my students get published. That has always just been so enjoyable and so satisfying for me. And our our main supporter in that is a tribal college journal. They they get their stories published there. I've had students that have 
been published in, in books that come out of the Tribal College Journal Press. And recently, I one of those students, uh, he came back to school and he enrolled in our uh, Bachelor's in Fine Arts and Creative Writing program. And he he was doing other things, but he wrote a story called Flaming Chicken. And it was about his uncle's uh, 79 Trans Am. And it got published in uh, the Tribal College Journal uh, book called Touching Home. And so he's now he's back. And I'm like really glad that he's he joined back up with us. And so that's one of the the things that I do enjoy the most is is helping them get published because whenever I was a young kid, I wasn't even out of high school. I had a teacher, an English teacher, that helped me publish a book of poems. And now it's in the Cherokee uh National Research Center in their archives. And I got to see it this past summer while I was there in Tahlequah. And I just realized it's like, I'm that teacher. This is my last question. What do you wish people knew or understood about tribal colleges and universities? The thing that I would like to see is that I know there's a lot of Native scholars that are, uh, you know, at, at hugely endowed institutions across the country and the world. And I would like for them to do a tour of duty at a tribal college. You know, I'd like for them to come and, you know, a tribal college that is near where, you know, um, their tribal nations are located. Because I had one, I know of one tribal scholar, um, whenever I asked her if she would consider coming to in into you to teach some classes she said um, the money's not good enough and so you know just put the money aside and come you know just just do it for you know a year sign a contract for a year and give back to the Navajo Nation and, you know, even if you served as an adjunct, even if you did like a, um, a, uh, um, adjunct one class online, you know, that, that's what I'd like for, for people to, to want to do that and want to come back and help their, these students. And I guess I ended up doing that myself. You know, I started off as um, my first college classes were taken whenever I was a private 
at Fort Carson, Colorado. I took I took two classes in the basement of the old fort. And then next stop was Diné College in Salie, Arizona. Is where you know I I did my a full freshman year of college. I think the tribal college movement is is um so important and also you know we belong to the american indian higher education consortium and whenever the supreme court struck down affirmative action our uh, consortium was was quick to let everybody know that this does not affect the tribal college movement we will continue and you everyone is welcome here thanks anita and thank you pedagogue listeners and followers until next time